When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Williamson Bloom on your Sunday. It is the 6th of August. We apologize in advance if you hear little voices in the background. This is the... Hey, close that door! We're doing a podcast. It's a working office. This is um, Williamson Bloom after the four-year-old, now four-year-old, Bloom's going to go shut the door. Hey, shut the door. We're doing a show. Uh, We're doing the uh, program right outside of my daughter's four-year-old birthday party. That's what we do. Here on the uh, being tackled by a Van home Winkle. office, yeah, little uh, little Van Winkle just opened the door. Yeah. Anyways, we want to thank our friends from MacDyne and the MacDyne Corporation for bringing us Williams and Bloom each and every Sunday and Wednesday now here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I am going to the MacDyne Social on Friday night up in Ames. I got to text about it. You're not going to go? I might. I'm going. My wife has to work at the fair. Which sounds horrible. So. I'm going. Okay. Maybe I'm going to the uh, Mechdine. No. Probably not. not. bringing no. your kids to Probably. the Mechdines. What the? <laughs> I'm sure they'd be okay with yeah, it, but that'd be really, really rude. That would be rude. Yeah, don't, right. don't be that person. Uh, we'll tell you more about that in the coming weeks, but we love this company, M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. Fire up some English. Big show tonight. You think they like horns in Utah? <sighs> Bring on the horns. What a world. Are we okay with the Utes yet? Um, they've, they've been okay on the Twitter like, machine. I feel like the they've X been machine. humbled a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think so. Arizona State president, not as much. I feel like this Arizona State in is their kinda, AD. Yeah, what are they doing? I feel like Arizona State has taken over for Utah for my least favorite team in the just big trash on morgantown the athletic director did what did he say i didn't see oh that i love morgan said i will send my deputy deputy excuse me i can't talk today deputy ad to morgantown i'm not going to go i will he said i will go to the arizona schools to utah and to texas i'm not going to morgantown basically saying morgantown is not good enough for me mr anderson the ad for wow yeah yeah. Really? Good way to st- kick indo- their asses out. Yeah. Like, this good is- way to indoctrinate yourself to the conference. Here's what I don't like. How? It's like we gave them a freaking life. Yeah. Life. Don't trash on Morgantown. Morgantown is awesome. I love Morgantown. I love Morgantown too. That was. I thought. I was like, come on, man. That's really tacky. I expect that from that Utah AD. He's been. Yeah. Let me. Here's mouth. the quote. Because I want it for context from Brett Brett McMurphy. This is Arizona State AD Ray Anderson discussing move to the Big 12. I promise I'm not going to Morgantown. I'm going to sign that to our deputy AD. He can go to Morgantown. But send me to Texas and the rivalry with Arizona and starting a new one with BYU, Utah, and Colorado. What about us, Ray? Yeah, is he going to come to Ames, Ray? This Michael Crow, the Iowa State alum, Who's now the president at yeah, Arizona Iowa State? State. It's a fact. Is he's the real loser of this whole realignment thing to me? Well, he's the one that enabled uh, Larry well, Scott Larry Scott to begin with, and then he ran his mouth until the Pac-12, you know, on that raft mm-hmm. the entire way down, and now like he he really doesn't have a humble bone in his body, from what I've been able to gather. What did Arizona State become? They haven't done anything. No, they're nothing. It's like Jake Plummer. 
They're in a pro sports town. Yeah. I mean, it's, I liked, I'm, I'm a fan. Let me stop there. I'm a fan of Arizona State joining the Big 12. Easy trip. It's no, warm. I'd rather have San Diego State. It's, San Diego State Kick their asses out. Yeah, uh, I, mean, it's I don't, too I don't late care. Now. I don't. Ray's not going to be there much longer with that that's attitude. Fine. But I, like with this new Big 12, we don't need the, this needs to be a United thing. Yeah, that that's was very, what, like the day after so, you saved Arizona State and he comes out with that. Come on now. And from what I understand, not only saved Arizona State, but the current Big 12 schools made some concessions financially mm. to accommodate the new four, from what I understand. Or the new two. Actually, I'm excuse me, the new two after Arizona. <laughs> right. So it would be... <laughs> this whole thing happened fast, but it would be Arizona State and Utah. What a week, though. What a week. This has been... Even since our podcast on when... We started that... Two time a week podcasting, we'd catch up on stuff. Nope, not we right now. But I'm glad we did era. it because there's been so much to the talk gambling about. story. Feels like it's ten years old now. Yeah, I mean, because that media day flew by on Friday, and mm-hmm. like it, like to me, if you remember Friday morning, which seems like an eternity ago, there was all the conflicting reports coming out west, and I took our staff out to breakfast, and we were doing a little game plan type thing, and my focus was on entirely on realignment. I said, you guys handle Iowa State. I'm going to, because that's kind of been my beat, I guess, for a really long time on Cyclone Fanatic. And yeah, like it, the last three weeks, I was talking to somebody on, on Friday evening, just mm-hmm. kind of reflecting about, and this is, this is a person who's been in this industry for a really long time, not journalism, but college sports. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I told this guy, I said, hey, this has been the craziest offseason of my career, and it's really not close. And I said, and I think the last three weeks, I go, I don't know if I've ever been busier. Now, there's more to it. We had staffing issues and stuff like that. But the, sure. But he, he comes back, and this guy's been in the business like 40 years, and he's like, no doubt, and completely confirmed it. The, the politics that were involved, the so many maneuvering. Yeah. It's really been incredible to kind of have a, I wouldn't say a front row seat, but at a 30-yard line one at least. And we got a couple of tweets saying, hey, you guys need to uh, humiliate Stu. <laughs> We're not going to do that. We're going to let the record speak for itself. Yeah. Yeah, we'll let the record speak for itself. But I think uh, there's a lot of really humbled people out there. And I, yeah. think, I think Stu would, he is going to come on with me. We, we, honestly, we were going to do it last Thursday. Things got out of control. And I just texted him and I said, this is stupid. Whatever we say is going to be dated in five it's, hours. So we're going to do it later on. And I'll give him a chance to yeah, speak and all that stuff. I, but like, I understand. But, but it all comes from the elitism of these coastal guys and, and how, and I, I, I wrote a column. I don't know if you guys have read it, but it, Yes, very well done. Not exactly the most professional thing I've ever done, but it that's, came from the heart. That's what I was feeling that same on Thursday night too. But just the hypocrisy countrywide and it all this shit with realignment's been happening for a really long time. And it took, years. And it took a coastal, you know, type situation. When it happening to flyover country, nobody cares. When it's happening to your precious Stanford and, you know, or even in the Southwest Conference when that got blown up mm-hmm. 30 years ago. Nobody mm-hmm. really cared. It was like, well, that's their own fault. Mm-hmm. So it was like people blamed the Big 12 three, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, that's their fault. They don't. Yeah. They, they're not in big population. Well, wow, it's because Texas and Oklahoma have been carrying them the whole time. What about USC and UCLA? It, and and this is what. So I have two. I'm conflicted feelings on this whole thing. Number one, I'm glad logic in some way won out in this whole thing. That what we've been saying, and it's it's actually, for doing this now for over three years, this podcast, we've been saying all along, there have been two classic themes. Number one, the new media is going to get involved. Mm-hmm. And then second to that, your city population does not matter. Do people watch your games will matter. Mm-hmm. And that won out. So that, that, that ultimately carried the flag, which yeah. is great. Now, the issue I have now, and I, and I, and I totally agree... This does not make college sports like they got it right. No. Now, now we have we have now quickened the process to hopefully everybody else this is not like a 
plant your flag and celebrate we won the battle. It's now a, I'm glad you all figured out what we, we've been saying for three we years. We survived. That we are, this is, we're going down the wrong path. Yeah. And now that you can jump on, okay, well, let's fix it before it gets way out of hand. Because the question is, then what's next? I'll tell you what's, I'll tell you what's next. And I don't think it's a good thing. No, I mean, what's next is what you're seeing in the ACC right now, what you, we heard rumors of in the Pac-12. What's next is Ohio State saying, why are we funding Rutgers? 100%. What's next is Florida State, why we're seeing right now, saying, why in the hell are we paying for Syracuse's football program? What's next is Alabama and Auburn looking at Vanderbilt, and what, what, are, what are we doing here? That's what's next. Yeah, and sorry, Missouri. Next, Thanks yeah. for playing. We appreciate you. Yeah. Blowing up all of your rivalries and doing everything that you did to come over here. But you know what? At the next TV thing, we're just going to kick you out. And we're going to start a Super League. Exactly. That's what's next. So if you, it's like, why don't wait now? Fix it. Fix it now. And that's what it boggled my mind two years ago. I was like, oh my gosh, Big 12, you're going to be the American. It's like, well, if you would have said something, we would have gotten to this point. It was going to be, we've said it all along. It was going to be a battle royale. Either the Pac-12 was going to win or the Big 12 was going to win. One mm-hmm. of them was going to go away. Big 12 won. Thank goodness for Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Could have been easily the other way. And in fact, last summer, at this exact time frame, the Pac-12 had the chance to murder the Big 12 and did, decided not to. Ended up being a self-inflicted gunshot wound. I'm sorry for the grant, but that's exactly what happened. So, like they, they murdered them. They, by not taking action, they ultimately lost. And now you're down to three major conferences. Let me give you some more insight. And this has not really been reported on yet, other than our premium board. Yeah, I like it. And I will, I will give it to the podcast audience now. I think I reported on this like Saturday morning. So I kept saying the whole time, guys, the money's not there. The money's mm-hmm. not there. The preference is to stay at 14 from the networks. For the Big 12. Yeah. For the networks. Yep. And and people will go like, well, if you had the pro rata, why wouldn't you use it? So what happened? And pro I, rata I, means everybody gets the same yes. if you if you add power five schools. Here's what happened. I'm I'm very confident that this is going to play out the way I'm saying it is here. Is the Big Twelve leadership essentially made a political move here to take less money per school to work with the networks. And to be able to bring on Utah and Arizona State. Okay. I think the networks were fine with paying through Arizona. So the Big 12 schools are probably going to make a little bit less money here because they've diluted the pot. Well, why would they do that, you ask? And I was told in these conversations, the Big 12 leadership was able to say, we have to kill them. Somebody's got to go because they, if they would have just killed us, they wouldn't be in this spot, but like, it's, it, it's, do it it's worth taking 3 million less you, per school. If we move. could kill that league off right now, because what would have happened if let's say it's just Arizona. Okay. Arizona state and Utah hang on. Then somehow they come up with some weird partnership with the ACC. Yeah. That's what I think. Everybody and they get thinking. some life. Yeah. I don't know if it would have mattered, but they get some life. Now you've won. the. It's over. Mm-hmm. Like this battle is over. Is it good for the sport? No, it's not. Yeah. Like you, this is not good for the sport. It's good for the Big 12. And this is the problem. What we've been saying all along is there's no czar of common sense in college football. The same dang thing happened during COVID. You had all these factions warring against each other. Nobody stepped in. And it was just chaos. This isn't good. This isn't a good thing for college football. Good for college sports. But but it's all, unless somebody steps in, you just got to survive. Like, it's give me a life raft until the next TV rights extension. It's also a thing, too. And I want to talk about the media partners. That I don't necessarily blame them here either, by the way. No, not at all. The, this so, is not their fault. Say like Fox. like it's their money. Well, and, and it wasn't, you can do the pro rata, and I think the Big 12 could have enforced it. I'm still iffy on if Fox had signed one or not. I know ESPN did, because ESPN, the whole time, I've been telling you guys this for a year, they loved the idea of getting these West Coast schools, but not having to pay for all of them. So, essentially, ESPN now gets to keep its late night program. the window. 
but they don't have to pay USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon, which you could say like, well, that's that's the ones you want. I would argue people will watch. They will. Because it's on at that. Why do you watch Hawaii? People will watch because they're betting on it. They're, you know, you get home late from the game. People will watch. Iowa State fans, by the way, get prepared for those nine o'clock central kicks. You're going to have a bunch of them. Yes. It's part of it. It's part of the deal. You got it. And gotta, then you can't bitch about it like cannot. the Pac-12 did the last nope. 10 years. Because if you're going to get paid, you got to do it. If you want to survive, this is part of the survival. Get ready for Thursday games. Thir- Friday games. Friday games. Yep. All of all it's going to be on that, the table. All of that's going to be a real it's thing. Telling. It's, it's the truth. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I look back on over the last two to three years of commentating on this, and, and you're right, one of the themes of our show has been streaming. Big tech companies. And I was having a conversation. It was actually with Matt Van Winkle today at the birthday party. And he In said, between the blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he goes, wow, Williams, you were right about all this. He goes, the only thing you weren't right about was the streaming companies and big tech. And I go, I would argue that we got that. He goes, how so? And I go, I think when we started this conversation, we were underestimating the strength of the big 12 and the big 12 adds the four schools promptly. Like, and I give Bob Bowlesby a ton of credit. Yes. Then you get this your mark. And we always thought if the Big 12 would have been viable back then when we when we were coming from a perceived weakness, that the one saving grace would be a tech company to come and probably overpay for the rights, which is exactly what Apple elected to do with the Pac-12. Now, it did not win out, right? Like they, the Pac-12 leadership ultimately decides... We're we not want the safer yeah, bet. We're, and so, but the the point: a tech company comes to the saving grace there. of the small conference. Conference elects not to do it, and now we sit and wait and see how that evolves over the next seven or eight years or so. I think it takes a step forward when the playoff comes up for bid. I'd be shocked if Amazon or somebody like that doesn't at least get one game. Totally agree. Uh, because these networks really are tapped out. Disney earnings are coming up no. this week. They're in trouble. Like they're, I actually think they're going to have pretty good earnings from because they're just laying off all these people. They're trying to show that they're going to have profits in the future. But that doesn't mean like you. You go and read quotes from Bob Iger, and he's talking about cutting live sports. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the NBA thing's coming. I mean, there's so many other deals coming up. WWE, UFC are now one. It's not. It's the bubble isn't. The bubble hasn't burst yet for live sports, but you're going to have to make a decision. And the good thing for the Big 12 is they've now set themselves up because they what, renew in 30-31 now is the next uh, window of negotiation. Yeah. Yep. I think that's going to be perfect timing. You're going to be before the Big 10 and the SEC right at the same time, and you can beat them to the punch. But, Chris, the question is, what's next? And I think it's going to be a really interesting of what do they do with the playoff now? Because as of as it stands today, when the playoff comes out, it's the top six rated conferences. Who in the world is going to be the top six rated conferences? You could argue, and I will I will argue, if I'm Oregon State in Washington State football right now, I better win in the next two years and make a playoff, or else I am destined for trouble. Like, well, or, or or will those big conferences come together and say, sorry? Whatever you are, Pac, Mountain West, et cetera, you're not, you don't get a ticket anymore. We're going to save it for the other three or four conferences. So I, I was told by somebody really smart Friday night that as long as they keep that Pac 12 deal, because they are an A5, they, they will have a, it, for the to, first two years of the playoffs, true. at least, the Pac 12 will have a bid. They need to, so what, so if you're San Diego, this is the other next thing, is if you're San Diego State, you're UNLV, do you jump? Right now, to the Pac-12, San Diego State. There's that giant price tag I know. for those teams. So, like, I don't think they can afford to. I was like, what does the Pac-12 do then? If you're SMU, do you want to do that right now? I don't know if you do. SMU has to because you get access to the you, playoff. You do, but you might go away. Here's the thing that people aren't really thinking of, though. And Hassel and I talked about this a little bit Friday in our emergency thing on Iowa Everywhere. Stanford and Cal ain't hanging out with Boise. No, that's not going to happen. They're going to go independent before that happens. That's what I think will happen, too. Mm-hmm. In fact, that might happen. For being smart, they played this awfully stupid. How did you... How did... Yeah. You know? 
And and somebody, uh, my guy Drew, sent me a text. He's like, you know what? Stanford got jobbed here because if it was four years ago when they're coming off Christian McCaffrey, you know, that Harbaugh, David Shaw success where they were winning 9, 10, 11 games, they're thought of differently than they are now. And so still a very important thing is you got to win football games. Yeah. Now, it didn't help Oregon State a whole lot. Maybe they didn't win enough. You know, so there's there's some context here. But I'd rather I I truly would rather have Oregon State and Washington State than like Arizona State in the Big Twelve. Yeah, other than you get Tempe, who cares? I, well, I mean, I do. So warm vacation. I'd rather have Tucson. I'd rather have Arizona, and I'd I'd rather go to Pullman than Phoenix. Yeah, I. Either way, I mean, the fact I that want somebody that wants to be in the league. I know. You know? Arizona State's going to learn real fast. Yeah. Like, you're going to be humbled. And they, he's already being humbled. He knows better now not to say something stupid like Did that. Did he just get blown oh, up? Oh, yeah. By Good. everybody. Good. Including, it's just so disrespectful. It's just the West Virginia AD came right away like, what are you doing? Did he really? Yeah. Oh, I've missed all of yeah, this. It, yeah, it was good. But it's like, you can't do, like, that's. That's the elitist shit that makes us all hate them. Right. Right, and the media's not going to protect you anymore. You are now a member of the conference. Stu's mm-hmm. not coming into your rescue here, pal. <laughs> You're welcome to the party. Welcome to the truck stop conference. The guy that cracks me up is that Canzano <laughs> out there in Oregon. I mean, the guy's just been wrong, like, and he just keeps digging in. Honestly, Stu has too. But hey, again, going to be nice on this podcast. If you would have just got the Cody Road, this probably it's like the butterfly effect. You heard yeah. of the butterfly effect? Thank people for the Cody Road. Well, if you just would have done that, maybe this isn't in this situation, and 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 we're all okay. Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is fueled, is always by Cody. Road. Just thank us for the Cody Road, Stu. I'll give a shout out to our friend Colin Newell, former Cyclone offensive lineman. Did you know he does Bloom's insurance? Bloom, Bloom saved over $600 changing his all of his family's insurance got over some, to Colin Newell. Got some life insurance for the kids. Former Cyclone Center, uh, Farm Bureau Financial Services. Just Google him, and he will be doing the Football and Random Things program with Jeff Woody and Connor Ferguson coming up this year on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Um, And the thing about it is this turns over really fast, right? Like, yeah. so... This this is next next fall. Like we're it's they're, at a they're sixteen there. team conference because yeah. they don't have a TV deal. So then it's like, what are there divisions? What do we do? Figure that out. I'm wondering, and I was told this would be incredibly difficult to do. It was not completely written off to me to make up for a little bit of the revenue. Could you bring in another TV partner? Yeah, Here, this is Good. what I have been hearing in the industry, and this is not really from college sports people, but mm-hmm. TV people was that Fox was actually looking to farm out some games. Mm-hmm. Kind of what ESPN did with the ACC network with the CW. You remember that with, came out about a month Valley ago. sports. And yeah. yep. Yep. You only have so many windows as show games. So I, I do wonder if it's possible that Amazon or Peacock or, Somebody would say, we'll take a Big 12 game per week. Mm-hmm. You have to remember about Fox. They don't have they have three one to channel. four. Yeah. Like they have ESPN. Two if you count. And they so, don't really have, they have the Big 10 Network Plus. And like Fridays, they. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So like room. Fridays, they have WWE mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the Big Fox. So they can't really bump that because that's going to get better numbers than pretty much any of these football games would. And they still have the NASCAR package, right? They do in that time of year. Yep. I, I just that's a, yeah. You're almost or maybe need. CW would be maybe you know, maybe they're trying to get into this, but I, I'm I'm wondering where all these Big yeah. Twelve games will go because you've now added two more games a weekend, or they're going to go to ESPN Plus. Either way, there's going to be streaming. Yeah. It just is. Get used to it. There's going to be a streaming component. I mean, I the Big Twelve had with ten teams had during the season a game on ESPN Plus most weeks. Uh, well, now you're, you're going to add two or three, three more games. Yeah, you're, there's just not room. And this is good and bad. You've got ESPN, you've got Fox, but candidly, CW, we still know this. ESPN's main priority is going to be the SEC. 
Fox's big priority is going to be the Big Ten. And then the Big 12 is second fiddle to both. both. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know where you're going to fit in. Now, the Big Ten and the SEC will also have games that are moved around. It's just going to happen, whether that's the SEC Network or the SEC Network Plus. Streaming will be a component. I Actually, I like the idea of giving one of those platforms a game or two it, a week. Well, it makes sense. Amazon probably wouldn't want a Thursday game because they They've have the, the NFL. NFL. Mm-hmm. It would make sense for Amazon to have like a Friday night Big 12 game. Or Yes, it would. But again, I was, I was told, I asked specifically about this because I was being told the whole time, the networks do not want the Big 12 to go beyond 14. And they were very staunch about that. Yeah, the Big 12 it. and your mark had to work some stuff behind the scenes to be able to get this done. And that's why these schools, I'm telling you, you're going to take less money. It's not out yet. It will be. My question was, is it possible to open this up to a third bidder? Yeah. I was told right now, no. Like, the deal is done. But if you bring in that farm out deal, and like Apple and ESPN have been talking about doing this too in other sports. Yep. So here's the other thing that's, that's all part of this equation, that we've talked about this. Not many other people have, but it's going to start to get some play here. The reason why a lot of these schools want to get into one of the bigger conferences because ultimately, in my opinion, NIL will be funded by the conferences. We're, go- we're getting there. Like it's, I don't know when, but by the next TV contract, there will be revenue sharing in, pretty com- or in, mm-hmm. in some capacity, yeah. whether that's formal or informal or... I mean, right now it's informal, right? How do you split that up with like women's sports? I don't know. And, and that's that's where... But, basketball to football. But right now it's a very informal process. And I think this will start to get more attention where you've got uh, Ohio State that's getting $100 million from their TV partners. And so they're, they have a budget of over $200 million. So for them, the $13 million they need in NIL, they can raise by their athletic department. But instead of going to the athletic department... They're just giving it to their collective, okay? So the collectives still live. Yeah. It's just the, the, you're rearranging the, the pie. Okay. Um, now, should that change? That's one option. So essentially what is happening in most places, and, and ultimately I always say, I, I, you know, selfishly do I wish it could happen more? Yes. Is these athletic departments say to their collectives, hey, we'll tell our donors to donate over here because we're good. We've got this TV money. What's going to happen if you start to revenue share, the SEC may have a different revenue share with the players than the ACC will because they have more money. So their split might be something like 70-30 schools to players where the ACC can't afford that. They might be 90-10. Yeah. And so your, your salary for the players in this scenario would be derived from how much your conference is bringing in. So a lot of people are probably saying, why in the world would Oregon and Washington go to the Big Ten and take that partial share, whatever they did? Because ultimately, if the Big Ten is doing revenue sharing with their players, you want a seat at that table. You might be able to make a playoff, but if you don't have money to play, pay your players, you're not getting any players. Yeah. And so I think we're headed down this path in the next couple of years. Either Congress steps in and regulates it and says, hey, you cannot pay players, or if it gets to revenue sharing, the Big Ten, the SEC, and now the Big 12, they're in third, will have the money to be able to do that formally. Right now, it's informal, and they're able to just tell donors what to do, but if it becomes formal, and let's say the Big 12, or excuse me, the SEC has $200,000 per player, and the Big Ten has $210,000 per player, if you're the Pac-12 and you have 10000 per player, you're not getting any players. And so NIL in some weird way is still very much a part of this conversation of why these schools panic. It's it's money, but it's not just money for themselves. It's ultimately money to stay competitive for your players. And and then I would come back and still make the argument that one, I think if if it when we get to that point, I could see him cutting down the number of scholarships. Yeah, it could be up to the schools and conferences to say, yeah. well, then you're only going to get 70 scholarships. Yeah, I think that that's realistic. It's, and two, like, I, I always come back I, to I these guys that. want to play. You, you're right. No, you're right. It's It'll just, we're panicked right now as, as schools because we're like, if we get left out. Yeah, no, I, I, ho- I wholeheartedly We understand. end up being SMU from the 80s. 
Yeah. Where we're just not a part of the just equation. Pissing in the wind. Yeah. I get it. So that's why if you're if that's why Arizona State ultimately is like, well, I guess we got to go because if we don't do this, I just don't like. I the don't fact know if that's uh, that's the truth. That the Big Twelve gave them a life raft and that they were so arrogant yeah, on the way. Right, after the fact, like I get it beforehand. Okay, all Utah's right. Utah's got a press conference tomorrow. I'm going to see what these guys. Say. Yeah, he's. They seem their fan base at least seem to be more. Yeah, their fan base seems way better they, than they I thought. Calm down a little bit. But the thing is, and this God, this is such a thing with life news, politics. Yep. They had been fed so much misinformation by the Pac-12 That's media. That's a great point. I almost all... blame the media in the Pac-12 more than I do We've... these fans. They were fed misinformation. We have lost common sense in a lot of areas, 100%. That's, and then That's... they're calling us 12 and ons or whatever. We were right. And we're not right about much. But in this they're... one, like we were not lying to you guys. Tr- yeah, no, there's... Yep, so a lot of times you just you just echo what you hear, good or bad. And if you're That's talking to nobody has critical thought anymore throughout this whole time, like if and I've been there, when you're talking to now, luckily Pollard and his people are pretty realistic. Multiple times I've heard like we're in real trouble here, you know, over the last twelve yeah, years. There's there's a couple times last summer like are, 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 we've had the chat offline like are we wrong here like yeah I man I think we're on the same page, but are like, are we going to be wrong? Are we going to be? Yeah. And I mean, I remember the first big 12 missile crisis. Like yeah, it was it. Oh, it yeah. was over. The party was over. Like everybody, the coaches were ready. When Texas like, and Oklahoma left, we had a very, it was, it was rough. Yeah. And that was the second worst one. That was the second worst one. Yeah. But the, that first time yes. when the PAC 12 oh. with Texas and, Oklahoma and all that stuff. Like it was over. Like I, I was getting texts from Iowa state coaches who were like job. Hunting. They're looking for jobs. There right? was, a, there was people in it. Yes. It was a terrifying right. time. So like, that's why like Saturday morning when this was all done, the feeling I had was more relief than it was celebratory. I, I, that's, that's, that's true. Cause this has been going on a long time. And you finally, is it forever? No. We know no. better than that. Yeah, but the it you, you don't realize until it's over how much it's weighed on everything. Oh, I mean, I told uh, to put for our audience here. Brent and I were standing there having a beer, watching our kids play this afternoon. We we're kind of just reflecting yeah, on all this. What are we, what are we and I, do? I said to Brent, I go, "What am I supposed to do? Now? <laughs> I've spent so much of my professional career chasing this story." And the conference realignment thing for and 15 years. That's all like, it's always been the biggest story. Oh, Hoiberg's back. Okay. That's great. But man, what about the conference? Oh, this Matt Campbell guy's great. But really man, what point. if they what get, if you get relegated? Right. Like, it yeah. has always been there. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Like even in the, the Radford sign that first, it was always like, well, when sex and Oklahoma get yeah. pissed and leave. Yep. And then what? It was always, and even when you add, maybe they decided not to add in 2016, they had the chance to add Memphis and mm-hmm. God, who else was in that? Uh, Central Florida. Central Florida. And part just, of it. And it's and just like, no, the TV, it came out, the, they TV, wanted, the TV didn't have the money to do it. I had heard at one point that they had really looked at BYU before they went independent. Yeah. But the coaches didn't want, the football coaches were very adamant about not bringing in all those older. Yeah, 24. Like they don't want to play against 25-year-old offensive linemen. Yeah. It was never there. It was never peaceful. It was never like okay, the Big Twelve's because you always had Texas and Oklahoma saber rattling. I'm like, oh look at us, we're better than you. That's why I like this new setup. It's great. But it's also why it's I was like just Arizona State. You don't don't do it. Yeah, yeah, to bring in the egos because it's like I think that if they stop at 14, that yeah. was a very content league. Yes, and then you bring these two who've been real. Uh, frankly, talking so much shit. Those two of behind the scenes. This Michael Crow from Arizona State, it, he may be alumni. He is no friend to Iowa State University. We tried to save the Pac-12. I think a lot, of, yeah. And behind the scenes has been very disparaging towards the Big 12. And I've even heard Iowa State, okay? So, like, I hope that your mark in the Big 12 puts these guys in their place really fast. I, I understand why you had to do it. 
we talked about it. Yeah, like you, if, if you if you give the pack twelve, kill or be killed in oxygen yes. supply, then you don't know what's going to happen. So that's but great. But it's also crow guy out of I, there. Man, and then Arizona State with uh, Hurley. You can yeah. deal with the Hurley now. Yeah. Well, I mean, God, look at the basketball league. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be filthy. It's that's the be. fun part. But it's also like holy crap. There's TJ's many... job just got way harder. Yeah. Oh, it's that's another that's another but football. Yeah. I'm telling you, dude. This Iowa State football deal, you're swimming, you know, you're swimming right there, with, right the, there. with the fish that are your size. You just, you just now, I mean, it's, now you it's gotta on keep you. supporting. It's all on Bloom. <laughs> There's something to, I mean, there now, okay, you've, you've gotten this part. The, the, the albatross is now gone, but you still can't just stop. This is the problem. Everybody else keeps going, and you got to find a way to keep, keep pushing on because, you know, if you want, now you've got to be competitive within your own league, and it's not like you can't just fundraise anymore. Like, I've got concerns about keeping our basketball roster next year, which we can we can talk about in the next couple of months. Speaking the basketball of, team's going to be too good, by the way. We are going to get into basketball. We'll do that right now. But I want to thank a couple more of our great sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Wednesdays now as well. Uh, Jeff Kelderman and Kelderman Manufacturing. Really good buds of mine, and I'm glad that we can talk about them here on the program. Uh, listen, we are getting to the point where we're going to be in harvest, and we got a lot of farmers and people in agriculture who listen to our program here on Cyclone Fanatic. And I want to talk to you about the Kelderman Corn Row. Um, save some of that beat up corn, guys. Save some of that uh, corn that you know, basically gets destroyed from how I've. I'm not a I'm not a farmer, but I've actually done some research because my guy Mark, yeah, from Kelderman was making fun of me about how I spoke about the corn roast. So I like watch videos on the Kelderman corn reel and all oh, that. I'm stuff. glad I didn't say anything because yeah. he would make fun of me even more. <laughs> They've been helping farmers get the most out of storm damaged co- corn for over 45 years with the Kelderman corn reel. Check them out at Kelderman.com and remember them for anything you need coming up this harvest season, which will be around the corner. Um, we have a potential bombshell. What? More than the more than realignment? We we potentially we nailed that bomb. Can you say that? Yeah, we nailed the bomb. We Oppenheimered. Okay, so here scoop. Here's what happened, guys. I'm on. I'm on vacation. Yes. Week and a half ago. Yes. And I get a email mm-hmm. from Larry Eustachy. That's right. The, very, we think. Well, hold on. Maybe? Very jovial email. Yeah, it, with uh, emojis. Hold on, I gotta open up a bush light to tell yeah. this story. Again, not because of Larry, but yeah. Because yeah. I, I'm respect that, yeah, yeah, sorry, that respect, came off bad. I didn't mean it like Respect Larry. Y'all know that Bloom and I have wanted Larry on the show since we were babies in this industry. We love Larry. We are huge fans. Pro Larry podcast. Yes. And I'm, I text Bloom a screenshot of this email, and I go, is this real? Uh, Eustachy, or allegedly, if it's him, claims that he was listening to the show. One of the direct quotes was, it's about time they got real journalists in Ames. I've, like, I've got the email. Yeah, that's basically you're, what he you're said. You're goddamn right, coach. Yep. Uh, so I respond to him. I hope that's a shot at somebody in particular. But. I respond to him, and I was like, you better not be screwing with me, yeah, essentially. That was I'm my first. I was like, this is some royal. Because if somebody's joking, this is a sick joke. Royal screw job you know, by somebody. I know some that we're not, we're not perfect, but we don't, believe, we don't deserve and this. And we're not... Dumb, but like somebody would have gone through a lot of creating an email that says Larry Eustachy. I wrote it. wouldn't be that hard. I write coach back and I yeah. said, coach, you tell us the time and the place and we are there. We are huge fans. We want to get you on the show. But you said you, you referred to him as Mr. Eustachy. Yes, <laughs> you're right. I called him Mr. Eustachy. And he writes back and says, basically mocking me saying, don't call me Mr. Eustachy. It's Larry in it's capital Larry. letters. <laughs> And he tells us that he's been in Canada on a foreign trip with Boise State basketball. Bloom does some fact-checking. Boise State, indeed, 
has been on a foreign They've trip been in British Columbia in Canada. Yeah. But then he said I'd come on when we're back. Yeah. Fanatics, I think we're getting Larry I think Stacey. we're getting Larry. I, I mean, either somebody has an unbelievable amount of time on their hands to create this, you know, Manti Teo type situation. Or we're, we've got Larry Stacey coming up on the podcast. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? I'll believe it when we get him. How will we know? Do we have some some questions we can ask? Uh, like, you know what? Like only Larry would know. We are getting to the point, though, Brent, like you said, where this is just somebody's putting in a lot of work to catfish us. So they may even know that answer. Larry Eustachie. I think I can tell by the voice. No, we'll get him on a Zoom so he can oh, see, see it. Yeah. So he's got longer hair now. Do you see that? Uh, no, but if we if yeah. we if we can pull this thing through, we'll have him in Streamyard and we'll video you, it so it can be on YouTube for people. Can you the 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 six month run this podcast is on? It's pretty <laughs> unbelievable if you think about it. Like <laughs> the realignment, uh, all these things. What are we going to talk about? Uh, what are we going to do? Like what? Now we need to complain about winning the Mega Millions. That's what we need to do. But no, I'm serious. I've got like a list of 20 questions already lined up for Larry, just in case. Well, this will have to be a deal, too, where I kind of have to stay out of the way. and I, Because I, I, I've always said this, that, man, while I just wasn't around for his era, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't as involved with it as many of you guys were. So... I always give you guys crap for just building up Larry to be a god, and then you look at his overall record, right? Like Can't that's always it. been my stance, and you guys are all, "Oh, shut up, Williams! He's the best." So it's kind of like, "Hey, all right, I'm I'm just gonna back off, and I'll I'll keep the train moving in the right direction. I know my role. Like this is or, how mummy me, Larry Eustachie, yeah, I'm you. I've dreamt of this moment for 38 years to be on a podcast. To interview Larry about the 99-2000 team. Can't wait. We'll keep you guys updated. Things are going in the right direction. I'm telling you what, guys. We've had a couple of great weeks. Presented here by uh, MacDyne. Remember, too, uh, I spoke about Kelderman. They will be the presenting sponsor for the new show with Jeff Woody and Grant Mahoney, former cycle and kicker. I listened to that. How'd they do? I haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah. I heard that they were very good chemistry. Yeah. They're Uh, good friends. I learned something about kicking. I didn't realize, I mean, I knew it, but I didn't realize. Something about the lower center of gravity when you're in high school, you have the T. In college, you don't have the T. And that could have affected Jace Gilbert. Long story, Grant Mahoney's not giving up on Jace Gilbert. And neither is the Yeah, but all those special guys are just homers for each other. Be nice to Jace Gilbert. That's what I'm saying. I'm not crapping on him. I'm saying that... Like, if you want, if you want a hardcore like opinion on special teams, Grant Mahoney's not the guy to give it to you because all these he's special kicked, team guys love he's each other. Kicked like a fifty-eight yard field goal, and you haven't. <laughs> it's like when I call Shaggy; he's always pro kicker. They got to stick together. It's I'm hard. Just kidding. No, Grant seems like a really cool guy. I'm excited I'm for Jay's kill. I'm ready for the special. I think. Man, oh God, okay, don't so start. let's go. You've all already right. done the offensive line. Don't do the Dude, special. Dude, did you teams. see Clanton this week? Did you hear the quote from Hufford on Clanton? Um, well, I read the Rob Gray piece. It's incredible. Great to have Rob like Gray it, back, by the way. It it made me very excited. Happy pants? Yeah. Yes. Let me read the quote. Hold on. Here we go. And by the way, having Rob Gray back into the fold, oh my gosh. Wasn't his stuff great oh, on Friday? just tremendous. It's amazing. So Rob leads off. It's just like... <laughs> Put me right where He's it feels the, good. The wordsmith, Rob Gray. It just says, violence and versatility. I'm in. <laughs> I, I don't need any more than that. Okay. But anyway, here is uh, here is from Hufford. Hufford's been around. Hufford has played for two other offensive line coach. Okay? Let's keep that in context here, C-dubs. Okay. Okay. The jumps Clanton has made for this offensive line in his seven months here has been amazing, Hufford said. <laughs> Just Here the, we go. Are you? I'm just reading the quote. <laughs> I can read. I'm burgundy. Just the way we play, the way we look, the violence we have, the speed we have, the freedom to just play. He just lets us go out and maul people. And I think the overhaul for the offensive line has been top notch. Here you go. 
What more do you need to say? So based on a Jared Hufford quote at Media Day, you're just all in now? He's also added 30 pounds himself. No, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm bullish on this group. I I keep hearing stuff, too. I, I'm, please subscribe to Premium. We're working really hard. I feel like the last two weeks has probably been the best work that we've ever done with the realignment. But then I've got a ton of football. There's a bunch of stuff notes. coming. I got some stuff, too. I can yeah. tell you that. When yeah, I got it. I have... I dropped a quarterback nugget on how they're splitting reps. I've, I've got an entire notebook of stuff that I'm going to get out this week. I just haven't had time. So Hufford said to end the piece, this is how Rob Gray ended it, violently hit that guy, violently move that guy. That's our mentality. Not losing a game. 14 to no. 15 to no? I don't know. I don't think exact number is. We're presented by Wiffles Hybrids here in the final segment of Williams and Bloom. Sunday, the 6th of August. But in all actuality, I know I made light of that. Uh, it does seem that Iowa State has been encouraged through a week of camp. That the guys that they thought would develop certainly have, and that there just seem to be some pieces. Now... The gambling story got a lot of headlines, as uh, it would have. sucked. Uh, but I think that's now... We're mostly got that band-aid. We're not totally ripped the band-aid off yet, but I just think there's there seems to be a lot of positivity within the mental aspect of the program right now. That some of these younger guys are ready to prove them wrong, and some young guys that have been very good. And Matt said on Friday... Still, the, and he, I know he said it almost every year, but he said it's the best freshman class we've recruited. Did he not say that? No, he did. Yeah, I asked him that question because I I saw you were sitting like I saw a picture of you one on one with Matt. You're probably getting all the details, but yeah, we were got some details. All right. Um. No, I don't get. I no, I think they got. I honestly, like no, that. I know we were, you're not. We're catching up. Um, but I do think. I asked him that not, question. It's not lip service that they're thinking they're well, going to suck. The reason I asked that question, because he had just given his opening statement, and he talked about the quarterbacks. And I, I said to him, well, okay, you played Deshante Jones, saw David Montgomery, like... Early. You, yeah, like I, I, like you played Mike Rose, you threw him in at yep. Iowa. Yep. We've seen you play freshman. This isn't a deal that Matt doesn't play freshman. Now, he played Brock as a true freshman, but that was six games in or whatever it was. And I was like, how, like, what have you learned from playing freshman so early? And like, how does that incorporate to a true freshman quarterback in September? JJ. Being JJ Cole, uh, if it would get to that Mm -hmm. point. And he gave a pretty good answer. And that's what he led into that you're referencing right there. As far as how they really like this freshman class, he brought up Sadowski, the linebacker, um, and then the wide receiver, Nagoyi. Nagoyi, Ben Bramer, mm-hmm. Abu Sama. Uh, you know what else has been really good? Jameson Patton. Yeah, Ankeny. Mm-hmm. AKA from Roosevelt. He's going to play. I just, again, not to get too carried away here because you still got to gotta win in the trenches, and we all know that. But Iowa State was not that far away. So you fix some of those things. Yeah, your, your depth's going to be hurt by this gambling thing, but. We'll spend a lot of time. Uh, we time. We're going to touch on it here in our Wiffles Hybrids segment. Thanks to Wiffles Hybrids for supporting us here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Fiercely independent, just like us. They're a little bit bigger than we are, though. Let's be honest. The arrogance of me to even put Cyclone Fanatic in the same conversation. But it's a great partnership. Agreed. The basketball team beat yes. some Bahamas team by like 90 today. They did. Uh, the kid from Buffalo, Curtis Jones, had eight threes. Yes. 32 points. I mean, the Cyclones are winning the national championship. You beat teams by 80. I'm not a mathematician, but that seems to add up. No, and this team, so they actually, the next two games, competition's a lot better. We'll talk about a lot about that on Wednesday's yeah. show after we see a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I just, because um, there's there's going to be some talking points to come out of this trip. Mm-hmm. One of which is going to be, why is an Omaha Baloo starting? We'll talk about that on Wednesday. Okay. We'll have a lot more time. And, and again, I don't want to overreact to anything from... Yeah, and it's... Right. He was been gone for a month, for yeah. one. Yeah. But, don't, but just... I, here's what I'll say just generally to get you excited for Wednesday. Again, hype machine over here. The transfers that they got in and the new players in general, this team is so much better than it was last year, skill-wise. 
does that mean you're going to win more games? I don't know. You still got to win some uh, rock fights in the Big 12. But what Curtis Jones has done all summer, he did again on uh, Sunday. And he's not the only one. I'd been told a couple of times he's the best shooter that they've brought in during the Otzelberger era. And then, but Monsilovic, he's right. he's, Monsilovic. He might be right there, too. Yeah, but, but that was prior to Milan even getting on campus. Yep. So I just think it's going to be a different dynamic. Don't read too much in the box scores, but also kudos to Iowa State. Omaha Blues and McDonald's All-American, and he may not be one of the best five right now. Okay. Look at that. Best, best, is, best is a very interesting term. But Trey King is 24 years old, right? So Demarion Watson's had an awesome offseason. Like, you got guys. You got Curtis Jones. You've got Keyshawn Gilbert. Again, big Omaha guy here. I think Momchilovich is going to be great. The learning curve for a freshman is a little bit different. So that's a good thing. This is Especially a good, in this league. This is a good thing. It's not a bad thing against yeah. Omaha. I think for Omaha itself, give him some time. Like, give him a little bit of time. But we'll talk more about that on Wednesday. Busy Fun week. show. Busy week. I really hope it calms down for, like, two weeks. <laughs> We're looking for sponsors for all of our game day content. If you're wanting to get on Cyclone Fanatic, let me know. Love it. Love it. I'm so far behind. Four weeks away. Oh, we're going to Storm Lake, too, next week. We'll, tell you, we'll talk about that yeah, a lot. On, a couple on golf Wednesday. slots open. Get your Just golf. a couple left. That's it. Yep. He's Come on Brent now. Bloom. I'm Chris Williams. Have a great night. Cheers.